Welcome back to Mrs. From the Other Ground. It's me, Maria. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Roxy underscore. And I'm here with Dee Dee, otherwise known as Dust Daughter on Twitter. Hi, Dee Dee. Hey. How's it going? And we're... Uh, okay. Um, hope hope things get better <laughs> for you over yeah. there. Yeah, um, once it lands on fire, fire anymore. Yeah. Right. Ooh. Lord, um, so we're here today to talk about episode uh, four of season two mm-hmm. of Underground, and the episode is called Knock Ought. That's K A A U T. Right, and Google Translate could only help me, but so much. So <laughs> I know that Knock means enough in Norwegian. And I don't know what ought means, so uh, I don't even know if I'm saying this right. So, um, <laughs> if any Norwegians are out there listening, um, you know, hit us up, blackgirlsquee at gmail.com, um, at underscore Roxy underscore, and uh, at Dust Daughter, you know, let us know what the heck this <laughs> title means. I feel like it might help us understand the episode, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, this episode was written, written by Nadria Tucker and Tiffany Greshler and directed by Sally Richardson Whitfield. So, um, fresh off of um, her directorial debut on Queen Sugar last year. Um, well, not thank you, because she did familiar. episodes for Eureka, but, um, yeah, so, um, and, uh, we're gonna get started again, like we have every episode with Daniel, um, he's standing in front of, uh, a plantation house when, um, someone named Bo meets up with him. And Bo has a letter um, in his hand that he wants Daniel to read. Uh, the letter says, Kansas is bleeding, and masters all over the place are worried about John Brown coming across the river and stealing slaves. Mm-hmm. So, so Daniel and Bo are worried that, you know, they're going to be sold down south and uh, separated from their families. Well even further down south because I guess they're still in Kentucky um and uh how they find this out is because Bo has one of the master's letters and he asks Daniel to read it to him so Daniel does and then Bo asks Daniel to teach him how to read and Daniel says you don't know what you're asking uh, because 
through reading and gaining knowledge about more about the world around them, he's come to realize what world they really live in. He says that the knowledge were crushed both. Yep. He says, reading is a curse. All the words gave voice to feelings I never told nobody. And, uh, yeah, like you said, he's crushed under the weight of the knowledge. And he tells Bo, reading opens up the world to you, shows you how small the one they got us chained to is. I'm like, ah, Daniel. This sweet, sensitive soul. I mean, if he wasn't enslaved, he would be like a poet. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and I and I think later in the episode, somebody else echoes these words. So it's interesting that uh, um, it opens up this way, and uh, still don't know how Daniel relates to the rest of the shenanigans on this show. And uh, I'm guessing, well, we find out. Yeah, we do find out. Yeah, and um, and my theory about him working for Cato is smashed because Cato is in Philadelphia. And or speak okay. And speaking of Cato, um, he's we find him flirting with a young uh, Indian woman. Um, her name is Devi, and she's played by an actress called Rana Roy. And, um, they're, they're talking about a sculpture, um, talking about timelessness and, um, scars and things like that. And, uh, you know, she mentions at the end, well, you know, we have to thank, um, the benefactor, Mr. Powell, um, for, uh, you know, sharing this sculpture with us and, uh, then uh, one of Cato's like white henchmen <laughs> comes up um, and says, "You know, your carriage is ready, Mr. Powell." So um, we find out that Cato has uh, has a new name, mm-hmm. new last name, and um, she finds out, you know, that you know Cato got money. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> we also see that Cato is now in London. And one yeah. of the things they did uh, that I, I liked that I'm really just realizing now is that between this scene and the previous scene, they had the transitional song that they usually use for a lot of scenes. Um, mm-hmm. And it was a grime song. It was like a grime right. record. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, they put some grime in here? And I was uh, you know, why did they do that? And it's because <laughs> Kato is in London. So... So yeah, so this is one of the times where the the modern music works for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you mentioned before that it hadn't worked for you sometimes. Well, sometimes it doesn't. You know, it took it for me. It, I think it took a little getting used to. And uh, like my yeah. mother was the same way. Like even at the end of the episode, she was like, you know, I just I couldn't get used to this at first, but now I think I can get into you know using this much this very very modern music. Uh, for this period piece um, yeah but some things Debbie said that stuck out you know thinking back on the episode uh, she talks about the figure the statue uh, about how he's a, a fierce warrior you know maybe he's a fierce warrior 
And Cato says, or maybe he's a leader of men. Hmm. So, yeah. So, plays out for the episode. Right. See, yeah, none of the none of the dialogue on this show is ever wasted. It always it means it always means something. Mm-hmm. So, um even though I want to skip over stuff like um <laughs> your girl Elizabeth. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, she, I can't. Uh, she got on my nerves a lot this episode. Thank you. Welcome to my world. Okay. <laughs> so, um uh, speaking of Elizabeth, she's sitting with the sewing circle, and they're planning an event um, to prevent, um, it's sort of like a rally to prevent um, some rich uh, planter from getting um, some rich pro-slavery um, mm-hmm. planter to get the seat that I guess John was uh, uh, running for before he got murdered. Um, uh, there, So the rest of the sewing circle are chatting amongst themselves and they're looking for the list with the speaking order. Um, but, and Elizabeth has it, but she's distracted. Um, she's not paying attention to the conversation. Um, so Georgia ushers the other women outside to let the sign that they painted dry and, uh, um, has another talk with Elizabeth and, um, you know, she's trying to she's trying to encourage Elizabeth, and um, you know, Elizabeth's not really having it. Um, Elizabeth does try to um, urge Georgia to read a speech at the rally, but uh, Georgia says no. Um, then they hear a tap on the ceiling, and they find Rosalie in the cellar. And I don't know about you, but my heart dropped. I was like, "Oh my god!" She's just laid on the ground. Oh my god, she, she made it back. Oh. She's Ooh. just. Oh my Poor god! Thing. Like she, she wasn't even that deep in it, but she just couldn't move anymore. Yeah. After all, she been she went through last episode. Ooh. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so um. Then um. From Rosalie, we cut to uh, Noah, and he wakes up in a fancy bed. And he gets up, and he's shirtless, and Lord Jesus, Aldous Hodge, thank you. Yes. He washes his face, he looks in the mirror, and then decides to cut off his beard. Mm-hmm. I kind of like the beard, but hey. Um... Then he puts on a suit that was laid out for him, and he walks downstairs to see Cato. Yeah, quite nice. Uh, So Cato's fighting with one of his uh, white henchmen, minions, whatever you want to call them. His servants. And yes, um, all white servants. Um, I see you, Cato. I know. (laughs) I'm always like, oh, he's got white servants. Okay. <laughs> um, he sees Noah and he stops fighting. He, then he puts on a sh- suit jacket and, um, you know, takes Noah out sightseeing in Philadelphia. I guess, um, but first, in, you know, to to lunch. 
then we flash back to Montmartre, Paris. Cato mm-hmm. um, been jet setting. How Cato uh, got across the ocean? I. Hey, he's Cato. He can sweet talk anybody. Can or he sweet talk? Manip- well, the money, yeah. the money, yeah. Yeah, the money. And the it seems like he kept making food. more money because he's. I mean, where did he get all? I mean, how much money did he steal? I don't. Yeah, I don't know. It was a. It was a wagon full of money, though. It was like a. Yeah, from last season. Um, what bank did he put that in? Like, I could, like, hi, I'm a Negro yeah. with a wagon full of cash. What can I open an account? And- <laughs> yeah, and half my face is burnt to hell. So, don't you want to give me like yeah, <laughs> right? Um, Although you know, now that you say that, it is kind of a problem that the only person who's like, uh, you know, so visibly disfigured is almost a villain. Hmm. But yeah, but yeah, um, yeah. But Noah and Cato both have just as many scars on their backs and stuff like that. It's like, oh, Jesus. Um, yeah. But yeah, you're right. Um, back in Paris, Cato and Devi are dancing. Um, some white jerk insults her using a racial slur that I've never heard of before, but... Um, yeah. Um, she... Um, she urges Cato not to respond and to come have a drink with her instead and Cato starts to look like he's obliging her you know he empties a wine bottle um, to to fill her wine glass and then he takes that wine bottle and he bashes it over that jerk's head mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't blame him what he called her is a wog which is like this little slang w-o-g it really just stands for anybody not white. Um, yeah. Uh, usually Middle Eastern, South Asian, South, you know, uh, black. And they do say Southern Europe and Mediterranean, but mostly <laughs> the first few groups. Well, so they, so they even say it against other Europeans? Oh, wow. Supposedly, yeah. yeah. Gross. So you can so, find it throughout um, the uh, United Kingdom as a slang, a racial slur. Ugh. So, um, Cato and Devi walk outside and argue. Um, Cato says he was protecting Devi, but she disagrees. Uh, she complains that everywhere he takes her, there are, quote, no reflections of us, end quote. Mm-hmm. Um, she says everyone around them is rich and white and she says it's like he's trying to prove that he belongs there mm-hmm. and Cato says well this is the first time that you complained about the life my money has afforded you <laughs> and oh god Cato you're kidding me though because <laughs> <laughs> he's full of shit yeah. uh, and um <laughs> Debbie takes off um, one of the fancy earrings she's wearing and throws it at him. <laughs> she's just as exasperated as I am. Mm-hmm. Um, she says she doesn't want the money. She wants to know him. And he says she wouldn't understand. And then 
she goes off on this tirade that you know I have comments about but she says that's what we're here for comment on this tirade I will um she says being treated less than is not an American invention um she says you and you alone do not own the pain and humiliation of it I'm like okay sis um one uh he never said he did mm-hmm. <laughs> he never said it was an American invention um in fact you could say that America learned it from the British mm-hmm. so uh and the funny thing is you're saying all this but you just said you had no idea what his past is so how do you know what you're talking about uh yeah and um and she mentions you know she mentions being called every slur in the book and getting ugly looks that were just as bad as you know slurs and stuff and I'm like okay yeah. he's been brutally beaten whipped disfigured oh my um, god not seen his back by now where do you think that came from and yeah I mean he's he's had to have sex with people he didn't want to um there's he's he's been through some shit and he just like a lot of black slaves were in America yeah he's afraid to tell her because he thinks she will see him as a monster right but I but I I just feel like I feel like that tire that little rant was not called for ignorant at best yeah and I don't know I don't know if that's something that the writers want us to like accept and agree with mm-hmm. or if they want us to push back on it but either way I'm pushing back on it cause <laughs> it felt kind of condescending especially when you when you think about the way that slavery was done in the US mm-hmm. I don't think the brutality of it, the sadism of it, um, just um, how violent and inhumane it was, I don't think that's been replicated anywhere else. I don't think people do slavery the way America does it, no, or did it. Yeah, yeah. America um, was specifically chattel slavery, and that was unique to many other places that had slaves, or enslaved people. <gasps> Oh my god. Anyway. So um it just felt it just felt imbalanced and it bugged me a lot. Um yeah, and too. I didn't want I didn't but you know, I didn't want to get into like oppression Olympics or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um but still it if it, it it felt wrong. Yeah, because um, nobody's denying that Debbie has ever had it hard. And you know, nobody's nobody's battling against that thing she's had it easy but at the same time you really just said you don't know what happened to Kato but you're sure of what? <laughs> maybe he hasn't told um, you because you haven't been listening hmm. yeah yeah that's true I was I, um, he's, all he said was um that she wouldn't understand and her words are telling her are telling me um that he's right mm-hmm. and I hate agreeing with Kato god damn it mm-hmm. um 
This show. Anyways, um, Kato says, like you said, that um, he's been afraid to tell her about himself because then she wouldn't want to look at him. She would see not a man, but a monster. But she says, um, I'm not going anywhere and gives him a kiss. Um, and then we cut back to, uh, Rosalie, um, Elizabeth and Georgia. Rosalie is sleeping and the doctor says to give her two drops of laudanum oh, that 30 times a day. Wow. <laughs> oh, cause we, like, holy shit. I kind of missed like what it was that he was giving her. So I didn't, <laughs> cause they do ask like, well, he's like, I don't think so. And I'm like, uh, now you're telling me it's laudanum. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, and because the doctor says some bullshit about like needing to know, you know, the extent of her ordeal and some shit to be sure if it were hurt. It's fucking lot. Oh god, I have to remember this is the eighteen hundreds. Like, whoa. (laughs) I I listen to a a a podcast called Sawbones where they go through the the history of, of medicine. And like, mm-hmm. the things people were doing were just, I mean, absolutely bonkers. Like, I, I <laughs> just killing everybody. Like, I don't, just like giving you poisons and not believing in sanitary conditions. And it was just, it just seems completely like you can't even imagine it. But yeah, yeah, that that was what they would have done. If if Rosalie had any energy left, or if she was conscious at that moment, she would have been like, "Stop feeding me that poison!" Like she probably knows of some herbs or, or something, some other remedy that her mother taught her that works better than any laudanum, or even just nothing so, at all. Yeah, just <laughs> like leave me alone, let me rest. But he's given it to her to keep her, you know, sedated mm-hmm. so she can heal. Mm-hmm. But still, she's pregnant. Right. And they also, they have absolutely, them. I mean, this is, you know, they don't know anything about gynecology or pregnancy at this time. Uh, and speaking of which, the history of gynecology that we touched on last week. Uh, you know, so he, he literally doesn't know what he's talking about. Nope. Like... Rosalie would be a better doctor than him. She equally but Rosalie is unconscious. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um so the doctor leaves and Elizabeth is shocked that um slave catch- slave catchers would beat a pregnant woman to within an inch of her life. Mm-hmm. And Georgia Lee says, Oh, she's a fighter, she'll pull through it and uh Elizabeth says, you know, she shouldn't have to. And this was the one moment, the one moment I was with Elizabeth. Same. I was like, you Same. damn right she shouldn't have to. But you know what? She shouldn't I didn't have to. I didn't see Elizabeth say that line. So I mm-hmm. thought Georgia had said it. Oh, I wish so Georgia like, had said of it. Of course, Elizabeth. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this was the so, point. Yeah, I was like, yeah, Elizabeth, I was like, oh, okay. I'm with you. Yes. She's like, how do you reason with people capable of this level of violence? Good question. And that's that's the question that Elizabeth basically mulls over the whole episode and, and finally uh, seems to come to a realization. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so I was with her on that because fuck if I know the answer to that question. I'm still asking that today mm-hmm. with the domestic terrorists we have in this country. Um, but um, she lost me again a few seconds later um, when Georgia leaves uh, to greet uh, John Brown's men. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she whispers to a sleeping Rosalie. I can't lose you too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because she always she always has to make it about her. Mm. You know, ah, and she, so she you lost know, me. she's related to John, so and I'm just like, is she gonna steal Rosalie's baby? <laughs> it's like you know how much she's wanted a baby. And if the Rosalie will be related to John. Survives. Oh my god. I mean, I'm sure Don't she's let it not, happen. Don't. It was just like a fleeting thought, you know? I was like, I just feel you feel a little You know she's right. had it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's, she's she's thought about it. She's thought about it. I I just want to know when she found out. Is this her just finding out that Rosalie is pregnant or has she known all along? Mm. We still don't know, show. Let us know. Um Noah and Kato are in a restaurant and Noah is jumpy as all the fucks. Um, The waiter asks if Noah's had a chance to read the menu and the look Noah gives him like the side eye is epic. Like, do I look like I know how to read this menu? And Um, find out it's French. Ah, bitch. Okay. (laughs) So Kato orders for both of them in French and Noah's like whatever, whatever man. Um, um, Kato says that whatever plan uh, Noah's hatching up uh, to escape um, the, the restaurant won't work. He says, I don't think you think what happens about what happens after your brilliant plans. And uh, he gives Noah uh, back the ring that he made for Rosalie, mm-hmm. and Rosa and and Noah gives up uh, the plan and just stabs the knife into the table. Because mm-hmm. Noah's getting getting frustrated with Cato, and because Cato is is needling him about all these plans that he had to escape and how they didn't work, and uh, how the plan that he knows he's thinking of now won't work and would just end his death, and so he's 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 you know antagonizing him yeah he's like oh you left me behind um you left me for dead and um all this stuff he's saying you know the house girl you you know if you die now the house girl will be all alone talking about Rosalie Mm -hmm. ah he's just oh god he's terrible so um flashback uh to Dublin Ireland so Kato was just jet setting in Europe um, while, you know, other people were running for freedom. Okay, Kato. Uh, <laughs> but you're talking about, <laughs> you're talking about other people not care. Okay, Kato. Right. Oh, you're such a hypocrite. Okay. De- De- Debbie's taken to Kato to a boxing match. Um, and she says that her brother taught her all about boxing. Um, he. He practiced um, Musti Yuda, 
which is a traditional South Asian form of boxing. Um, and she volunteers him to challenge the guy um, in the um, that's boxing right now. And she tells Kato to challenge, to ch- channel all of the anger and violence um, that he has inside him into boxing mm-hmm. and into beating, beating this guy. Yeah, she says, let them know you do not forget. Hmm. But also, so, Debbie, what the fuck? Go ahead. Volunteering people? What? I don't know what she's on. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Um. So and so, back to the sewing circle. There's this big debate between the women of the sewing circle and John Brown's men. Um, about the right way to end slavery, um, you know, nonviolent versus violent protest and whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the white guys instantly takes a liking to Elizabeth. Yeah, this is Lucas. Oh, okay, thank you. Because I was like, they waited was, for a I, while to say his name. So, okay, yeah, because I was I was trying to fast forward through this scene. Um, what <laughs> listen. <laughs> I wrote down too many white people on screen. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and it was only two, but I was like, this is too many. Too many. <laughs> I think you've been podcasting with me too long. It's only been three <laughs> weeks, but still. Um, so, Noah and Kato um, are still at the lunch table. Well, before I and... move on uh, to that one, I, I wanted to go back to the scene here with Lucas uh, and Elizabeth, and uh, mm-hmm. and he's insisting that you got to use violence because it's the only language that the slave owners understand. Uh, and then Georgia, well, really, he says, you know, why would I speak to an Italian man in French or something like that? And then. <laughs> Georgia in French says you don't speak to the French in French because you don't understand French which was <laughs> awesome uh, <laughs> uh, but going back to uh, Lucas's point about violence Elizabeth says that you know when it comes to war it's usually the women and children who suffer the most uh, which is true but then Georgia points out that those in bondage would suffer even more and Lucas agrees with her and I'm like okay Lucas maybe you okay yeah, he also says um, it's the it's the white wives and children that mm-hmm. that would suffer. The 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 black um, wives and children are already suffering. Mm-hmm. So okay, I'm like, oh, he trying to get Black Lives Matter on these people. Okay, <laughs> trying to wake her up. All right, <laughs> I see. I, I see. I see. Um. I might have to learn your name, Lucas. Um, <laughs> might. Um, so um, Noah and Cato are still fighting at the lunch table. Um, and Noah um, says, you still that snake of a slave driver you was when you left Macon. Mm-hmm. And he says, I see you. Which is a callback to season one, because remember, like all season one, they are saying that back and forth to each other. Um, I see you. I see you. 
So um, I was like, yes, <laughs> season one tease bringing back. Um, uh, and Noah says, um, you ain't enough of a man to earn drawing breath, mm-hmm. and you know it. And I was like, knows that you know it. Well, yeah. Broke Kato down. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we flash back to um, I think they're in London now. Who knows? And, um, they're just all over yeah. the European continent. I woo. Um, um, and they're and they're um having sex, and afterward, um, Kato proposes to Devi. And, and also, um, we, then we cut. Come, did we see him pick it up anywhere? <laughs> like, cause they, what? It seemed like they were mid coitus when he proposed, and I'm just like, where was he hiding the ring? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see him reach over to the table or anything. <laughs> well, they were cutting. They were, you know, they were cutting back and forth from from them having sex to them just like chilling out and talking to each other, and then they would. It was, I guess, artsy, I suppose. Um, but yeah. Um, oh, God. Now, now I'm thinking about terrible places where he might have been hiding. <laughs> Damn it. Um, um, <laughs> and now for my next trick. Um, <laughs> right. Voila, magic. As soon as you wash this off, yes. Um, <laughs> so back to the white. Yeah. Sorry, girl. So back to. We're a mess. Um, so to back to the white guy. I guess we'll call him Lucas and um, Elizabeth. Um, they're at this um, polling place, and he's smashing it up. And he says tomorrow. The people are going to vote overwhelmingly to put a rich planter in that seat, and he isn't going to do anything for them. The people in this town are angry with no way to express it. They're going to vote with their hate. Come through, writers. Okay, because yeah. you know they talking about Cheeto Head. Hello. He's exactly. He's exa- he, he is the definition of a rich guy that isn't going to do anything for them, that they voted for simply, they voted for their, against their own interests because of their hate. So, okay, so you're just going to call the entire country out this episode. Okay, I see y'all. Well, at least the the 53%. Um, So, um, uh, so and um, there's some other talking that they do that in there, and I just didn't yeah. feel like recapping it. Okay, well um, I, got I, this. I got this. So good. <laughs> um, this is kind of like one of my favorite parts of the episode um, because Elizabeth is still asking Lucas about, you know, why is he so passionate and why does he believe in violence um, being part of his uh, anti-slavery um, purpose. Like, what personally happened to him to make him so uh, deeply invested the way, in the way that he is? Because she's saying, we both agree on what we want, we disagree on how to get there. So she wants to know, like, why he's chosen this path. And he tells her this story 
about how he, when he was a boy he walked past this plantation every day and he heard this uh, other boy crying because his father was in the stocks and his father wasted away uh, and the little boy was always bringing him water but his father you know was dying basically and, and that he would walk by every day with the lunch that his mother had packed for him and swear that he would give his lunch to the man but he never did well she Elizabeth's like but she never did and he was like no I didn't because the story isn't true I'm deeply invested because slavery is wrong period he's like why do I need to have some deep personal connection to believe that slavery is wrong it's like it's like men that only become feminists after they have a daughter right or see something bad happen to their sister or something like that Mm -hmm. then want to call themselves feminists like if that's what it takes for you to somebody has to be related to you for you to give a fuck about this whole group of people or half the population of the world (laughs) in that instance but um yeah so kind of like uh, Elizabeth, your husband was killed for this. Like, if you believe that uh, Lucas has to have some deep personal connection, you already do. So I don't understand why this is still so puzzling to her, but she gets on nerves. Because she's never been, she's been half in this this whole time. She's never been fully committed to the cause. Yeah. And there is one scene I think we that was in between uh, Cato and Debbie getting proposed in this scene is where we go back to Noah and Cato at the restaurant still, and Noah's asking about Cato's wife and child, and Cato accuses Noah of only caring for himself. Cato blames Noah for the deaths of Henry and Moses and some other people they were, you know, got caught up in their escape. And uh, Noah takes the blame. He says he shoulders the blame for their deaths. And uh, Kato wants Noah to prove, you know, that he really does care about people and isn't just all by himself. So he says, I got something for you. Make you prove it. Oh my god. And then he proceeds to parade seven enslaved people in front in front of Noah back at the back at Cato's house they're still in shackles Mm -hmm. and Cato says um, he'll give these folks their freedom if Noah agrees to go back uh, to Georgia and into slavery and um, after after, uh, deliberating for a very tense moment Noah says no And uh, Cato sends the enslaved people away. Mm-hmm. And um, Cato ain't shit. And you're going to find out why in a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, he already ain't shit, but he really ain't shit for this stunt. Right. Just hurting everybody. Cato. Just, just to fuck with Noah's mind. That's all this was. Well, he says he wants Noah to admit to himself that he's not this selfless hero that he pretends to be that he really is out for freedom just for himself um, 
Which is not true, but A, also not wrong. And, yeah, and he says something to that effect, you know, at the end of the episode. But, um, so, um, we go from this to Kato boxing. Um, he's back, he's boxing in, uh, Dublin. Um, he's fighting that white guy in the ring. Um, well, there's no ring, it's just a dirt pit. Um, and it's really brutal. And it almost looks like Kato's down for the count, but um, he finally gets up and wins. Yeah. And then um, his opponent go ahead. picks up something in his hand, something metal, and hits Kato with it, which causes mm. Kato to go down. Mm. Like he's playing dirty. You're not. You're, it's supposed to be bare knuckles. Bare knuckle. Yeah. Anyway, so he he knew. See white mediocrity <laughs> he knew he couldn't win <laughs> so he had to cheat um, so the um, the sewing circle is at their rally and Georgia is practicing a speech she says that Elizabeth inspired her um, and also Lucas um, with his talk of action uh, Georgia says it doesn't necessarily have to mean violence that words have power too and Georgia gets to the podium and she sees all these looks of disapproval in the audience uh, she hears people booing and uh, she runs away and um, Elizabeth gets on stage after her and starts reading the speech and she starts hearing boos and then finally and then somebody throws a rock at her head and um and hits her and she starts bleeding and she starts hearing the ringing in her ears Mm -hmm. that she did um when john got shot Mm -hmm. and she wants to fight she she's she's like like 10 seconds away from jumping into the crowd and boxing somebody Mm -hmm. but georgia drags her out georgia drags her out and keeps her from killing somebody for the second time and I'm like, I'm like, if she wants to fight, let the bitch fight, Georgia. <laughs> and I'm wondering, is Elizabeth reading her own speech or is she reading Georgia's speech? I don't, she's reading the speech that Georgia left on the stage. I don't know who wrote it. Okay. Well, as far as I'm concerned, it's Georgia's speech then. And it, yeah, it had some good stuff in it. Um, she says, federal law versus states rights is impossible and irrational I'm like come on y'all y'all if y'all ain't talking about today okay <laughs> it's yeah um, it, it's impossible and irrational um, and it and it's gonna lead to people being murdered yeah, and, and I the, I like the way they did this they actually showed two scenes at once right so they had this one and they had one with Noah and Kato boxing. And mm-hmm. and as Noah and Kato become more passion, more uh, violent in their boxing and it gets bloodier, Elizabeth becomes increasingly passionate in her speech to the point where she's mm-hmm. yelling and she's saying slavery is violence. And that's when she gets hit in the head with that rock. Um, and it just strikes her down. She's bleeding and at the same time Noah pulls a knife out uh, on uh, on Kato's throat and 
he warns let's see oh, he wants his freedom and he he won't push and he you know he says he he'll he'll have to kill folks if he has to but he's not gonna you know act like Cato does and treat people the way white people do like Cato does right and he says you know that's where we're different and so both of these scenes reach their climax at the same time and it's done it's done pretty well yeah so um then we're back in England again back in London um Debbie is in bed and she wakes up um after um Cato has proposed to her and he's not in bed with her anymore um there's a deed to his house on the the nightstand beside her so she runs outside and sees Cato um you know preparing a a wagon to leave and uh Cato basically treats her like shit he's you know she says um she she starts crying and uh she's like I thought I thought you wanted better and then he looks her up and down and says, I do. If that isn't the coldest shit. Oh, you think so? I would think I was. He's like. I, I, I guess I kind of uh, saw it differently. But I was more confused by his choices. Like, like he was like, he was looking at her and it's like, um, I do want better. Um, and you're not it. Mm hmm. Because she does, you know, yell at him, like, do you want to be hurt and treated like you're worthless property? Like, she doesn't understand why he's leaving. Yeah. And he doesn't explain it to her. And it seemed like, to me, says- that he was a little pained. So I was like, I don't understand why he doesn't just take her with him. Like, I, I, I didn't understand it. But uh, what, what did you, what did you see? It's like he wanted to, he wanted to make her hate him like you propose one night and then you just rip her heart out in the morning like what what is what is with you and he does it by saying the two words that you use in most marriage ceremonies Mm -hmm. I do and he just proposed to her like that's just Oh God! It's just continuing shit. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, well, at least it gave you the deep the place. So like, you know, someone lives. So that's cool. But like, but he's treating her like a kept hoe. Yeah, I don't understand it at all because he seemed to be really into her. So I, I don't know. Maybe he's afraid of his feelings. Who knows? Um. Cato drops Noah off with William Still, um, an abolitionist that we saw in season one. Um, And Cato's henchman tells Cato that um, the seven enslaved people that he paraded before Noah are on a boat to Canada as they speak, and they already have their freedom papers. Oh, I missed that part. Thank God. So, um, Kate, the whole, the whole thing earlier was just a stunt, um, to, 
I don't know, just to fuck with Noah's mind. Mm-hmm. And what if Noah had said yes? Then would he would he, would he have sent Noah down south? I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. He's he. Kato is too unpredictable. I guess that's what makes him an interesting character. Um, he might have because he is vindictive than a motherfucker. Okay. Um. So William still calls Noah a hero, but Noah says no, he's not. He says, "What I fear most is knowing what I do for my freedom." Uh, Noah continues, "Henry is dead, but I'm here, and I wouldn't change a thing. I want to be here. I don't know enough words to explain that feeling I got up under my skin to explain who I am." But I know her heroic ain't it. So this kind of echoes what Daniel said earlier about the words. Um, uh, um, explaining how um, feelings that I, that I never told nobody else. Mm. And now Noah's got, Noah doesn't know enough words to explain his feelings. But he just knows that he has this feeling, this yearning to be free. Mm-hmm. And he'll do anything to to get it. Mm-hmm. He says, every bad thing I've done was for me and mine. Yep. And William still says that Noah did give those men and women something that they never had before. A choice. Mm-hmm. And that is true. So Noah is Noah's feeling all kinds of conflicted things. He's got survivor's guilt. He's got just just plain old <laughs> guilt. But he's also got this burning desire to be free, to be free with Rosalie. Mm-hmm. Oh Lord, wait till he finds out about the baby. Oh my goodness. And, you know, oh, he's he's gonna rip he's gonna rip planets apart to get back to Rosalie. You know, I and mean, going back to the scene where Cato had him choose between his freedom and the freedom of those seven other people, when he says no, he whispers it. That broke him a little bit, and fuck Cato for doing that when he knew that he wasn't. He, he he knew that it was just a stunt. Yeah, and um, I feel like Kato Kato does this to him to get him to admit to himself that he has done violent things and done bad things for his freedom, and you know it was a selfish thing or whatever. Which we you know a maybe, but also be wrong. Like, but then also I think Kato is mad because people still like Noah. They still look up to Noah. Like they never did for him, even though he's just as smart. But the difference between him and Noah is that Noah does care about these people. He's not just using them. And Kato and Kato's to, shady as fuck. Kato seems to use people as a means to an end. He does, cause he's shady as fuck. Um, I mean, you think you so? Think, Rosalie ain't thinking about Kato. If he if Rosalie ever runs across Cato again, 
first thing she doing is slapping him in his motherfucking mouth. Um, <laughs> and I wouldn't blame her. Um, cause he said some foul shit to her. Um, so at the end of the episode, Cato says, I chose to come back cause now I see what this country needs. It needs to be torn down to nothing. It needs a forest fire, a biblical flood, an earthquake that rips itself, rips it in half. And then with a smile, he says, it needs me. <laughs> he is so full of himself. No. But, he, but he also ain't shit at the same time. Like, okay, Kira. you get a little money. Now you think you can bring apart the country. Okay. Right. And I'm, but you know, I'm thinking that the earthquake that rips rips the country in half is alluding to civil war. Yeah, which is already happening. Or something. Not on this show. Okay, because we've seen people in uniform, so I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> I was a little confused about what year it was. I don't know. Yeah, because it is, it is somewhere around the 1860s. Yeah, because we so they're them, gearing up for it. Yeah. We heard them talk about, you know, having to go in the war and fight and stuff. So I'm like, what is going on? Uh, they haven't been really clear with the exact, like, historical happenings. Right? We get the little sprinkle of Harriet Tubman, a little sprinkle of John Brown. But uh, what year is it? Yeah. I don't know. That's a good question. All I know is it's 1860-something because last year started in... Last season started in 1860-something. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm bad with dates. So um, so that's the episode, y'all. And uh, there was a lot. We got, some, we got a little bit of background in Decato. Not too much. We still haven't seen anything about the wife and daughter. Right. He, like, he didn't really respond he, to that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so what's the story with them? Are they still alive? Are they just separated by, you know, slavery? Or are they are they gone? Are they lost forever? Um, I want to know. Or has he just given up on trying to find them? I don't know. So, um, yeah, my, my little theory about Daniel is pretty much in shreds. Um, yeah, I have no but because yeah, because I don't think Cato has any any black slaves. No, so at least that's one thing I can say about. Meh, they still ain't shit. Yeah, yeah I, um, I'm, I'm not ready to give him anything. I'm just not. No, no, because that was ah uh, that this stunt that he pulled on Noah. I can't stand him for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh man! So if so, he's in. So Noah's in Philadelphia now. 